This is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona. This is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is going to have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. We assess that the actions of Hamas and its allies will serve as an inspiration the likes of which we haven't seen since ISIS launched its so-called caliphate several years ago. In just the past few weeks, multiple foreign terrorist organizations have called for attacks against Americans and the West. Al-Qaeda issued its most specific call to attack the United States in the last five years. ISIS urged its followers to target Jewish communities in the United States and Europe. Hezbollah has publicly expressed its support for Hamas and threatened to attack U.S. interests in the Middle East. And we've seen an increase in attacks on U.S. military bases overseas carried out by militia groups backed by Iran. Here in the United States, our most immediate concern is that violent extremists individuals or small groups will draw inspiration from the events in the Middle East to carry out attacks against Americans going about their daily lives. That includes not just homegrown violent extremists inspired by a foreign terrorist organization, but also domestic violent extremists targeting Jewish or Muslim communities. What has now increased is the greater possibility of one of these foreign terrorist organizations uh, directing an attack uh, in the United States. We haven't seen evidence that it's actually happening yet, but what we have seen is, and I listed them off in my opening remarks, one terrorist organization after another calling for attacks. Uh, and so we should we, wake up. It is a time to be concerned. Yeah. Uh, we are in a dangerous period. So is the FBI able to track all threats and prevent these individuals from conducting an attack on U.S. soil? I couldn't say that we were able to detect all individuals. Right. Um, with the, the people that we know about, as Secretary Rumsfeld uh, used to say, the known known, we're quite good at together with our partners. But it is the unknown unknown uh, that I worry about quite a bit. So, Director Ray, can you say that we do not have either individual foreign terrorists or terror cells affiliated with foreign groups currently operating in the United States? Well, we're not. We're not tracking that, but uh, again, I come point back to what it is. The gaps in our intelligence are real, um, and it's something that we have concerns about. So, Director. Um, I don't know if we cut that off too quickly. This is uh, War Room, 1 November, Year of Lord, 2023. It's All Saints Day. Thank you for joining us for the evening edition. Um, did we cut that a little tight? I think he had a broader answer there. Um, Frank Gaffney. He uh, he admitted uh, this is what I don't understand. I played this this morning. I asked you to join us this evening. It it appears to me. And by the way, if we get that clip right, I want to play the correct clip because I think it's important for the audience to hear it in, in its own words. He first says that the problem with anti-Semitism when he cuts through it on, on college campuses, he says the still the biggest concern is violent extremism, which is code word for the war room posse for for, for MAGA. 
He then is asked in, in subsequent by, by the senators, and particularly Rich Scott of Florida, about the different groups. Are they tracking? He says, well, not really. Then they asked him specifically about these terror organizations. And, and this is why I think we might have clipped too tightly. He says, no, we're not tracking these. You've got to make this make sense for me, Gaffney. You've dedicated your life to this. What in the hell is going on with the FBI? And what am I to make of this, uh, of this testimony? Steve, we talked about uh, some of the genesis of this uh, two days ago, and specifically the term violent extremism was introduced by a Muslim Brotherhood influence operation that had gotten inside the wire of the George W. Bush administration through the good offices of Grover Norquist, among others, and was able as um, advisors to the Department of Homeland Security to substitute that term for terrorism. And terrorism was a euphemism as well, but at least, you know, it had a connotation of the people who did 9-11, notably, you know, the Sharia supremacists of Al-Qaeda. But when they got the Department of Homeland Security, and by the way, the FBI as well, to, you know, sort of embrace this idea, well, it's, it's we don't want to impugn Muslims or or even Muslims engaged in terrorism. We, we want to capture this broader theory that there are lots of violent extremists. Suddenly, you know, the deplorables uh, were introduced, uh, at least uh, in principle, into the mix. The problem that we have is from that day to this, actually from 9-11, I would argue, at least to this day, we have never gotten clear who are the people who are waging jihad against us and that it is impelled by Sharia, this Islamic doctrine. And as a result, Steve, um, we've had the Bureau, Federal Bureau of Investigations, the preeminent counterintelligence organization in the United States government, mostly clueless about what we're up against, who it is, what they're motivated by, how they're operating against us, and and particularly of concern to me, as we talked about two days ago, is the infrastructure that they've been able to build under our noses. The mosques and the Islamic complex is mostly run by the Muslim Brotherhood, funded by, at the time, many of them were the Saudis. Uh, they've kind of uh, backed away from it. The Qataris have stepped up. The Turks have stepped up. And then there's a similar kind of parallel effort being made, of course, by the Iranians, Hezbollah and their, their types. But the point is, the Bureau has ceased operating in that space. Our, our good friend Sam Faddis has basically said, we don't have a counterintelligence capability at the moment. What we have instead in the form of the Bureau is basically a political warfare instrument that we've seen used against Donald Trump and other people that uh, uh, James Comey initially, and then of course, uh, Christopher Ray under the Obama team have deemed to be the big problems. And that was Donald Trump, of course, that's those uh, people protesting uh, what school boards are doing around the country. That's people who are uh, traditional Catholics. Hang, hang, well, hang on, hang over a second. Hang on, hang over a second. Yeah, you, you, a couple things, because you've been the guy in the wilderness saying this for decades now. What we're seeing this manifestation in the in the in the FBI. And I don't know if there's a more central issue about the administrative state than this FBI DOJ. 
Because you said early on they were infiltrated. Uh, they were infiltrated during the, uh, the, 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 the the wars we had in Iraq, Afghanistan, and, of course, domestic terrorism here. Only when sure. President Trump came in with the, with the travel ban and others that we'd like that. They, they, during the Obama administration, we were getting hit all the time. Now, certain areas, and this was New York City with Ray Kelly uh, and others, had their own unit that eventually the AP Associated Press outed. Remember, they had they had infiltrated the mosque, everything like that. And they said, hey— the FBI is a good partner if you use them appropriately, but they wouldn't go to those guys with a lot of their information because they're afraid it was going to get tipped off. That's yeah. the secret. No, that's the thing nobody wants to talk about. You've yeah. been saying this for years, and in the Trump, you saw it, this violent extremism. I remember you brought this up on Breitbart Radio years ago. You said, hey, they're trying to shift the target set. They're trying to get away from uh, sh- Sharia supremacism, which is a term we have to get back in. Are the Israelis making a major mistake um, by not casting this as not just Hamas? And I say we should never use Hamas again. It is the Muslim Brotherhood's military wing that happened, that's in Gaza. It is the Muslim Brotherhood, an international organization that's everywhere. They've got units everywhere. They have one in Gaza. It's called Hamas. But to call it Hamas makes it a separate thing. The Israelis never make the case that they're fighting really a a Sharia supremacist movement from the Persians with their proxy army in Lebanon, and and, and not just the Persians with the help of the Muslim Brotherhood in Hamas, but really Qatar. Qatar is the nest of vipers of this thing. Is this not a war against uh, Islamic supremacism, but the Israelis are not framing this war correctly? Well, I think that's fair, and I, neither are we, is my point. And we haven't done it for uh, at least as long as they haven't done it. And, and you know, let's be clear. Uh, nobody wants to be branded an Islamophobe. Uh, I have, and others working on these problems have, of course, because that's a means of trying to silence us in telling the truth. But the reality is, whether um, we recognize it or not, that is what's afoot here. Uh, and again, it, what, it's what makes this problem so intractable, Steve. You'll have people who will tell you, well, if only we had a ceasefire, or if only we just adopted the two-state solution, or if only we gave land for peace, or whatever other rubric you offer. This comes down to a problem that arises from fundamentally the Islamic doctrine of Sharia, drawn from its sacred texts, the Quran and the Hadith, the perfect um, man's uh, sayings and so on, namely Muhammad, that the Jews are apes and pigs. They must be destroyed. And hence, Jews who especially have taken land from what they consider to be theirs rightfully um, must especially be dri- driven, as they say, from the river to the sea, eliminated completely. There is no negotiating. There's no bargaining. And I would just, a slight modification of what you said. There are militant arms of the Muslim Brotherhood all over the world. Hamas is just the Palestinian franchise of that operation. And and when Jim Clapper, the director of national intelligence, went forth to the Congress and said, this is a largely secular organization, the Muslim Brotherhood, and it is a shoe of violence. Those were lies. And more to the point, they were disinforming, among others, our counterintelligence service the Department of Homeland Security, 
the intelligence community. So it, it feeds on itself, Steve. And we are in the shape we're in today where Christopher Ray is, is, whether he acknowledges it or not, confronting now a massive problem, partly as a result of what you've been talking about, what's come over the border, partly a function of 70, maybe 100,000 military age jihadis from the Taliban who Biden brought in here to sort of make it look as though the, uh, the surrender of Afghanistan wasn't the complete fiasco that it was. But on top of it is that mosque infrastructure, they call it mosques, Islamic centers, that as we talked about the other day, are going back to Muhammad's time designed to be sort of vehicles for the warfare of jihad, the power projection from arsenals and fortified bastions and and the like that I think is, again, underlying everything that we're contending with. We could also talk about China and those special operations units that are coming in in mass. But I, 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 I want to I want to get to the CCP. I want to get to I want to get to the CCP. I want to get to I want to get to CCP in a second because I'm pressed for time. But I want to go back to something you said is quite profound. If you had a ceasefire, if you did land for peace, or if you did two state solution, it's not going to make any difference. Correct? Well, it'd make a world of difference you'd be that much more certain to have Israel destroyed and en route to us. That's the problem. It's not peace that's in prospect by any means. It is the antithesis of it. It's just a matter of can they weaken Israel as really the front line of defense, I believe, for us in this battle, in this region at least, um, en route to getting to the great Satan, which is, of course, how they describe us. So we've learned nothing from our mistakes, that's for sure. Gaza itself is a perfect example, Steve. Uh, Sharon, the prime minister of Israel, unilaterally gave land, namely the Gaza Strip, in the hopes that that would take care of the whole issue of occupying it and uh, otherwise giving rise to uh, this uh, you know, antipathy to Israel. <laughs> Far from it. All it did was foster this new Gazastan, this new Palestinian version of uh, a jihadist enclave from which the war with uh, just the Jews, no, Western civilization could be waged. And the fact that we have been funding that to some extent directly through the Palestinians with our taxpayer money, to some extent through the United Nations. Uh, and we've been, uh, you know, hoping against hope that somehow if, if Israel only gave up the West Bank as well, that that would take care of it. Then we'd have a two-state solution, as they say. This, uh, you know, the old uh, Einstein line about um, insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results is insane. I, and that's precisely what we've I want to come back to Biden administration. The Biden regime has leaked that they're, they're only doing this to get a two state solution. I keep saying I wonder if they're having any communication with the Israelis because I think the official government line there is you can't do that. Uh, and I want to get you back on our talk about that. But I'm pressed for time. I got to go to the CCP, particularly uh, Pillsbury. Right now we're in a, a, a time of people actually awakening to the confrontation the CCP's had against us for a couple of years, unrestricted warfare. 
But you've got care. You got the you got uh, a huge movement on Wall Street and the government to try to say no, 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 no. Climate change overrides all. We must enge- engagement is what we need. The, these Trump people that are the confrontation are dangerous, etc. And you've got Pillsbury, who seems to be one of the biggest cheerleaders uh, of this. The, tell me the, this: Why is Pillsbury continue? Michael Pillsbury continue to sell engagement when it's quite evidence that China, to any body with any sense of understanding of all the CCP, that they're an active war against the United States, including being the puppet master and the paymaster of the mullahs of what's going on in the Middle East, uh, sir? Well, then I would argue what's going on with Russia and Ukraine and what's going on in Latin America and a lot of other places. Steve, look, I've known Michael Pillsbury for 40 years. He wrote a book, The 100-Year Marathon, in which he actually copped to the fact that despite his efforts over decades to promote engagement, to to encourage this notion that the Chinese Communist Party was really going to be just like us, if only they got richer, if only we made them, you know, more, uh, well, uh, of a competitor. And he says in the book, which is a quite a good book, actually, um, I was wrong. You know, I was I was duped, basically. And yet here we are. He's back promoting that same thing. I, I was struck by the fact that at no point in the book does he apologize for the damage that has been done as a result of his mistakes. And, you know, we chronicle this uh, with your help, Steve, every week with our Committee on the Present Danger China. The, the damage the engagers have done to our country, to our economy, yes, to our you know, political system, yes, to our finances, yes, and not least to our freedoms, is simply incalculable. And yet Michael Pillsbury was in China early, last month, I guess now, talking up again how important it is to engage. And not only that, Steve, what I have to say I find absolutely offensive in the extreme is that he keeps attacking people like Gordon Chang, and most recently, Jim Fidel, who have been right about all this when he's been wrong, and thereby sort of demeaning them, yes, uh, trying to sort of marginalize them, yes, and trying to breathe new life into the idea that if only we bail out the Chinese Communist Party one more time, somehow we'll get a different result. Again, it's the definition of insanity. And, and, and it's extremely dangerous for a country like this that is now, as you and I talked about on countless occasions, poised to move from the pre-kinetic kind of warfare they've engaged in for decades against us, that would be the Chinese Communist Party, to a shooting war. And it will be helped along by uh, people like Michael Pillsbury who have enabled it. Well, we're getting, a, we're, getting a, we're getting a shooting war sucked into it with the CCP's proxies in the Middle East. Real quickly, you just made the case that our betters, the foreign policy and national security establishment, both in the Middle East and with China, continue to press um, uh, what they believe is a solution that is proven decade after decade after decade to be dead wrong, not kind of wrong, not marginally wrong, but dead wrong. Why do they continue to do that? It doesn't matter where in the world. Why do they continue in the Middle East and why do they continue with the Chinese Communist Party to push this, these globalists, to push this narrative that's obviously wrong and has bled out American blood and treasure? Well, as you know, um, with your help, we published a book in May called The Indictment, 
prosecuting the Chinese Communist Party and friends for crimes against America, China, and the world. The and friends is critical to the story that we tell there. The friends of China are the people who keep insisting that if we just keep doing more of the same, it'll come out differently. I believe that in most cases, they work for China. They've been captured by China. In fact, the term the Chinese use for it is elite capture. But I got to tell you, I think Michael Pillsbury probably falls into that category. But there's certainly legions of others, Joe Biden, most especially, which in a way brings us back to where's the FBI in all of this? The FBI has done nothing to help bring to light the compromise of the Chinese Communist Party uh, over years that would be there by them of Joe Biden. To the contrary, they've been covering it up. They've been obscuring it. They've been enabling it, in other words. That's not a counterintelligence operation. That's an intelligence operation that's working for the enemy. And we can't have that. Steve, it's clear that in the event we are, God forbid, going to find ourselves in a shooting war, all of these elites, whether they're in academia, the think tank world, whether they're in political life, whether they're in the media, whether they're in uh, I don't know, uh, business and finance, most especially Wall Street, we can't have them anywhere near the reins of power if they're working for the other side, or as Joe Biden likes to say, the other team. That is a formula for our utter defeat, and we're perilously close to that at the moment. They, they actually believe, I think, as a result of lighting up all of these conflagrations, I call Xi Jinping an arsonist who's setting more and more of these fires because what happens is we wind up pouring money we don't have, we wind up pouring weapons we can't afford into these other contingencies, and we're going to be unable to contend with theirs, especially if on the home front with <laughs> the FBI not tracking the networks and the and the terrorist cells or, or the Chinese special forces that are here. We're going to find ourselves very hard pressed to put up any kind of defense at all. And that may mean that Sun Tzu's, uh, you know, recommendation is going to work out for the Chinese Communist Party. It is better, as he puts it, to win without fighting. Um. Frank, uh, your social media, the community in the present danger, the book, the indictment, all of it. I want to make sure the audience is immersing themselves in this content right now and the early stages, the early couple of years of the Third World War. There's a lot, Steve. If I could recommend as a subscription option for free, um, our daily one-minute commentary at securefreedom.org. That's the site of the Center for Security Policy. PresentDangerChina.org is where we have all of our webinars. We're doing one tomorrow. You mentioned it earlier, Steve, about climate change, how it's been weaponized by the Chinese Communist Party with the help of the Biden team and AOC and others against us as an instrument for their unrestricted warfare. Uh, that's okay. presentdangerchina.org. Securingamerica.tv is where you can find our program, uh, in addition, of course, to here on Real America's Voice. And most especially, well, the rest of your programs are on Real America's Voice, but uh, of course, we're on Lindell TV at the moment. But this, this is a, a multifaceted resource for all of you, and I hope you'll take advantage of it, as well as at Frank Gaffney and most of the platforms. Frank, uh, a practitioner, an activist, a fighter for many, many decades. Thank you for being on here, sir. Frank Gaffney, Committee on the Present Frank. Danger of China. Author of the book, The Indictment. Very proud to have that as the Warm's first book. Uh, make sure you go to hometitlelock.com today. Check out. Make sure 
you are not one of the ones folks that are sucked up by these uh, by the um, uh, well how do I say this the cyber criminals now coupled with artificial intelligence to take out a second mortgage on your beloved castle which is only 90% of your net worth so check it out Ben Harnwell our sociopathic overlords in full overdrive sir Walk me through uh, the Ukraine, the firestorm on Ukraine funding. Mitt Romney's out again. Uh, um, Lindsey Graham out again. You got to fund Ukraine. We have to do it. It's an imperative. Walk us through where we stand. Your view from Rome and all this, sir. Well, Lindsey Graham, Lindsey Graham has been very busy uh, B uh, today because not only is he still absolutely gung ho on Ukraine, he's absolutely even more gung ho on Israel speaking to CNN's um, Newsnight uh, in a fascinating interview. Um, if, if Memphis had this ready, um, we can play the clip now and then I'll respond to it. Um, yeah, yeah. Let's, really do, do we have, hold on, hang on. Let's, let's, play, let's, play, let's, play, let's play the clip. Let's go and play the clip. The United States government, at which the U.S. would say, let, let's hold off for a second in terms of civilian casualties. Uh, is, I, there, is there a point at no, which no. you would start to question? No, I, if somebody asked us after World War II, is there a limit? Okay, um, right there, he said there's a longer clip. We did the truncated version. He said there's no amount of casualties in uh, Gaza that you could take. Um, that's going to be a tough sell. The, by, by the way, they hit the refugee camps, I think, for the third time. They're all in. And the refugee camps have the Hamas senior command underneath them. So let's be the Israelis are not there just to hit a refugee camp. But um, that's a tough thing to say for the global media in our information war, which the Israelis are losing, quite frankly, right now. That's a tough thing to say, is it not, uh, Ben Harnwell? It's a tough thing to say. Um, and for once, I think he's being absolutely honest about where he's coming from. Um, which he wasn't particularly when it came to his support for Ukraine right at the beginning. And um, this is absolutely clear. I mean, what they're talking about, there's no other way to say this. If you're saying that there is no limit, no limit to the acceptable number of civilian deaths, but we're talking about civilians, I don't know how that's not a war crime. Um, dress it up how you will. Saying that there's no limit to the number of civilian deaths that, um, that Israel can generate in trying to liqu liquefy Hamas. That, that, that seems to me to be an open invitation to commit war crimes. Um, there is, had that said, Steve, one way or one way or another, and by ethnic cleansing, I'm not, uh, I'm not saying that, that the, the idea, the objective is that Israel will want to kill the 2.2 uh, million Palestinians just to remove them from that territory. There's another story. Yeah. Steve, hang, 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 hang on one second, Ben. We're going to take a short commercial break. We'll be back in a moment. It can happen anywhere. Fires, hurricanes, tornadoes, mudslides. Regular cell phone service is fragile and can go down in an instant. Just ask the folks out in Maui. And when that happens, how will you contact your loved ones? That's why you absolutely need a satellite phone. Regular cell phones cover less than 8% of the Earth's surface. But with your sat phone, if you can see the sky, you can make a call. It's got 100% global coverage, ensuring you're always within reach. Your calls are secure and private. No one's eavesdropping. 
Even the U.S. military trusts these phones to communicate securely. Your text messages, encrypted. Only the intended recipient can read them. Everything you do with this phone is 100% private and 100% secure. Right now, War Room's trusted partner, Satellite Phone Store, is giving you a free and Marsat satellite phone with a 12-month plan if you go to sat123.com slash Bannon right now. That's sat, S-A-T, 123.com slash Bannon right now. Be ready for anything, earthquake, wildfires, terrorism, anywhere on Earth with your new satellite phone today, as well as your free bonuses. Visit sat123.com slash Bannon and use code Steve50. At checkout for free activation or dial 855-980-5830 to snag your free Amarsat satellite phone today. That's sat123.com slash Bannon code Steve50 or call 855-980-5830. Are you tired of progressive corporations and exhausted trying to keep up with all the virtue signaling when you're simply trying to buy products? Progressive corporate America continues to push messaging that further alienates conservative Americans, all while eroding the future of the American dream. It's prominent all over the country. Companies like Starbucks strong-arming their customers to support abortion. Financial services like PayPal canceling customers for their political views. Makeup companies like Maybelline making a mockery of women by supporting transgender models. And beer companies like Bud Light forcing gender ideology on you when all you want is to enjoy a cold beer. Thankfully, we don't have to fund these companies any longer with our hard-earned dollars. With Public Square, we now have a solution. It's simple. Join the movement of millions of patriotic Americans who love truth, our country, and our Constitution at publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com. Public Square is an app and website where you can get connected to tens of thousands of businesses from all different industries that share your value for life, family, and freedom. Whether you're looking to buy coffee, find a new athletic clothing that knows what a woman is, and shop for clean skincare, or simply find a new restaurant in your community that won't lecture you about your political views, publicsq.com is your resource. Public Square also offers discounts to many high-quality businesses on the platform so that you can actually receive incentive for spending money with companies that don't hate you. Public Square is free to join as consumer or a business owner, and you can get started today at publicsq.com. Remember, either as a consumer or a business owner, download the app now. That's publicsq.com, publicsq.com. Debt. You go to bed thinking about it, you wake up thinking about it. Now, here's the truth. The system traps you in debt. High interest credit cards and loans make it nearly impossible to pay off your debt. And insane inflation keeps you stuck paycheck to paycheck. Done with debt is your lifeline. Done with debt has an ingenious new strategy to help erase your debt faster and easier than you thought possible. Done with debt analyzes all the debt options you qualify for. They know how to reduce bills. They know how to cut interest rates. Their skilled staff of negotiators know how to get debt out of your life permanently, without bankruptcy, and without additional loans. 
Done with debt are the experts in brilliant strategies for eliminating debt. But you need to hurry because some debt solutions are time sensitive. Now, here's how easy they make it. Go to donewithdebt.com. That's donewithdebt.com. Donewithdebt.com. Go there today. Action, action, action. Stop the worrying. Take action. War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. You know, the Israelis are between a, a rock and a hard place, but I like when their spokesman comes up yesterday and, 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 and he says, hey, even in going to the refugee camps because they got the bunkers underneath them, our number one thing is to try to, uh, t- as much as you can in a military operation, is to make sure we don't, uh, you know, don't uh, kill any more civilians than absolutely, you know, just in the fog of war happened. To have Lindsey Graham go on CNN with Abby Phillips, and you see she's kind of shocked. Just to flippantly and glibly throw out, we didn't kill as many, we don't care how many we killed. That is certainly not true in our in World War II, particularly in the in the in the bombing of of uh, of uh, of Japan, which was horrific, completely horrific. Even there, where there were civilian targets, there was huge debate beforehand and a lot of hangar. In fact, the the, the whole s- about dropping of the two atomic bombs uh, and not to do them over Tokyo. Uh, and to avoid the uh, invasion, which I think our invasion force is going to be 4 million people overall, uh, which would have killed tens of millions of Japanese, was absolutely the forefront, if you know anything about the history of the World War II, and to have him glibly sit there and, and do these comparisons and glibly say, we don't care how many Palestinians are killed. Now, that, is, that is a certainly a stupid message to get out there in what is predominantly an information war. And uh, I don't think he's hap- helping our allies and I think this is the problem with these neocon hawks in the United States. Their glibness uh, is not helping our ally uh, Israel, who has its back to the sea. Remember, you got the Muslim, and I, we got to stop calling it Hamas. This is what Gaffney, this is Islamic supremacist franchise of the Muslim Brotherhood. Just like the party, it's not Hezbollah, it's the party of God in Lebanon, which is the, the Shiite, uh, basically proxy light infantry of the Persians. And this is going to be a very tough, a very complicated uh, war. It's really got to be thought through. And, uh, and to have, you know, Blinken and these guys and, and Biden to be leaking that they're already talking about a two-state solution, to be leaking that or got leaked, that we're in discussions to have American combat troops and as peacekeepers uh, in, in Gaza afterwards, or to leak that they did a study and they want to put two million uh, Gazans in the Sinai this is you got to get this has to be a lot tighter because right now the just a brutal fact is our side the israelis and the americans are losing the information we're here globally and you see it breaking out all over and it's only going to get worse it's not going to get better uh in ukraine and by the way the fight on capitol hill today and over the next couple of days is going to be intense about the israel israel funding and the offsets for that but the bifurcation because israel will there will be a vote and israel will win on our support of them, but not with the Ukraine attached. Walk me through the updates. This Time Magazine article is brutal. The other buried lead, you you brought the one that was huge. And as I show people, the Hezbollah, where the government official says, cut the mic, cut the recorder off. Hey, these government officials are stealing every second of every day. The other one that Pasobic put up is the average age of the Ukrainian army is 43 years old. Let me repeat that. The This is from the Ukrainians. The average age of the Ukrainian army is 43 years old. Okay? that That is a... 
that backs up uh, Professor Mersheimer's. We're going to lead the, the Western elites, the globalists are going to lead the Ukrainian people down the primrose path to their own destruction. And you see this now highlighted. That's why we're fighting so much for not one more penny for Ukraine. Uh, ben uh, Harnwell, your observations from Rome. Deep. Now, when the article says that the average age is 43, of course, that means that there are going to be a significant number of people on the upper side of that 43, uh, younger people as well. But that's where the average is working out. At. What that means is that this war in the last eight, 18 months, it's wiped out an entire generation of, of young men. Um, effective. That, that is the, the import of that fact. They're gone. They're dead. Main dead. Um, because obviously the, the Western media is underplaying the number of Ukrainian casualties. We know this if the average age is, is now fight the average age in, um, in enlistment is, is um, in, excuse me, on the front lines is, uh, is 43. Um, in, you're talking about the, the, the bifurcation now in, in, the, in the US towards funding. Most commentators are coalescing around the idea that if Congress doesn't um, pass a measure by the 17th of November, which is just a little over two, it's about two and a half weeks, then it's over for Ukraine, um, and that Putin will take that as a as a, as a signal that uh, that he can go in and clear up. In that context, with that with that, uh, there's the backdrop. Vladimir Zelensky did say on his nightly address yesterday. I haven't sent this through um, to Memphis, so I'll just read it. He says that the modern world is set up in such a way that it becomes accustomed to success too quickly. Um, he's still trying to play the long game. Uh, he's saying that you know that West, the West is getting impatient because of the lack of results, um, and therefore funding should continue to come. That's not the game the West is playing anymore. Uh, one of the things that is sig yeah. significant here is the issue of corruption. You mentioned the astonishing quote um, in the the Time article yesterday, where uh, one senior presidential advisor, and I'll repeat it. We did do it yesterday, but I'll just repeat the quote. He says that. Um, that people are stealing like there's no tomorrow. That is a that is a quote directly from inside President um, Zelensky's office. That is the, that is the reality, and that is what Americans need to know when their senators, such as Lindsey Graham, are pushing, and Mitch McConnell, obviously, are yeah. pushing for maximum support for um, for 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 Ukraine. President, there's another quote just to hit that Time article once again, Steve. There's another quote in there. Uh, where, where President Zelensky is asked about the, the, the corruption. And he says it's not right for, for critics to cover up their failure to help Ukraine by toss, tossing out these accusations. Um, and I think that's really a really astonishing cavalier way for, for, for Zelensky to frame this, as if, as if governments representing the anger now that is, that is increasing on the ground in in donor countries um if if governments respond to that anger then it's a failure to to help ukraine it's not a failure to help ukraine we've given so much money upwards of around 200 billion in total total cost of fan finance and military support um, it's not a failure to help ukraine it's simply a case that democratic governments need to respond to their electorates um, and what is absolutely clear is that America, I mean, I, I've said this before, I've said this on Get, I've said this on, on the show. I think the United States should not let itself no. get dragged into the Israel war. But it certainly no. doesn't have the, the, the luxury of, of financing two of these adventures at the same time.
Yeah. Okay. Uh, by the way, it, you sent me in the Jerusalem posters reporting. I'll get to this tomorrow. But this shows you the type of or, Hamas official Ghazi Hamad. Uh, and this is a quote. We will repeat the October 7th attack again and again and again until Israel is annihilated. We are victims. That's the Palestinians and the Muslim Brotherhood. Everything we do is justified. I'm not so sure there's a lot of middle ground there for negotiation. Just I just get that feeling, right? This is the Muslim Brotherhood. This is uh, Sharia supremacist. You got it. We've been arguing this for, for, for years in this country. This is why we had the travel ban. Because you couldn't determine who was coming from this country or not. This is why we did not have one terror attack in the entire four years of the Trump administration. Ben, uh, what's your social media? How do people get to you? Look forward to having you back on tomorrow. Is this fight on Capitol Hill intensifies for the 60 to $80 billion for Zelensky and his cronies bailout? Thanks so much, Steve. Quick three hits then. Uh, get the newsletter if you haven't already subscribed on warren.org. Uh, follow me on Rumble. Uh, Bannon's war room and follow me on Getter um, on at Steve Bannon. Um, those are the three main points to get me. I'll just quickly close to you that you mentioned that Hamas official, right? But you've got you've got these lunatics on both sides. He's basically Lindsey Graham's opposite number. These people should not be given the ox- oxygen because all they're going to do is lead us into to World War Three, nuclear Armageddon, and uh, at, the, at the most and at the very least financial bankruptcy. Thanks so much, Steve. Oh, uh, we're, in, we're, we're, we're in World War III right now, it's no doubt about it. Thanks, Ben. I want to bring in uh, Naomi. Naomi, we got two big ones, Pfizer and Pfizer Financials and how they're doing operationally and Fauci, the long hand of Fauci. Let's start with Fauci first, ma'am. Can you give us an update? Yeah, it's an un, you know, it's an unbelievable story. It confirms everything we've suspected. Um, the Daily Mail UK reported it. Basically, Um, Why has Dr. Fauci been so defensive to the extent of apparently lying to Congress uh, when questioned by uh, Rand Paul about whether he had engaged in gain-of-function experiments? Well, here's why. Um, In 2018, Dr. Fauci collaborated with the Wuhan Institute of Virology uh, to ship coronavirus from the Wuhan Institute of Virology in China, which is overseen by the People's Liberation Army of the Chinese Communist Party of China. Um, They shipped coronavirus to the Rocky Mountain Laboratories, which is an NIH lab in in Montana, uh, in a collaboration with, you've heard this name before, Dr. Ralph Barrick of the University of North Carolina. So this was a joint venture with the Wuhan lab and Dr. Fauci at a time when experimenting on gain-of-function research was illegal, was illegal in the United States of America. So we thought that he solved that problem by shipping the same experiments off to Wuhan, but in fact, he collaborated with Wuhan to bring the coronavirus to the United States, to the heart of the United States in 2018, to Montana, to a lab that he oversaw. Not only that, he arranged with a, quote, shady roadside zoo in Maryland, which is 15 minutes away from Camp David, which is overseen by a former NIH official, to get um, 12, uh, 12 bats, Egyptian bats, to be shipped to him in Montana, to his lab in Montana, to be infected with the coronavirus from the Chinese lab in Wuhan, China. This was 2018. Um, So this was discovered by a group of 
uh, internet activists um, and investigators uh, na named Drastic. They've established their credibility in the past and a subgroup called the White Coat Waste Project. And um, the president and founder, Anthony Bellotti, said, quote, our investigation has uncovered the real-life horror story of how a shady roadside zoo whose curator was an NIH animal experimenter shipped off bats to a deadly government virus lab overseen by Dr. Fauci to be infected with a coronavirus obtained directly from the Wuhan lab that experts believe caused COVID. So these rats, I mean, sorry, these uh, bats were later sacrificed. Uh, they, the lab, the NIH lab analyzed their organs and took a look to see how infectious this virus was. So Dr. Fauci has been pointing the finger at people who who raised questions about whether there was a lab leak and saying that they're dangerous misinformation spreaders. In fact, he was experimenting on the Chinese origin Wuhan lab coronavirus in the United States in 2018. We'll get to it. I gotta, I'll talk to you after. I've got to have you back on because remember, Obama's National Security Council shut it down because they saw a place like University of Maryland and Barrick in North Carolina start publishing this stuff, said, whoa. This is out of control. The National Security Council shut it down as to, to put a, a hold on it. Fauci then snuck in and went to went to a low level in in seventeen December seventeen while the head of HHS was was a it was an empty uh, office. He had stepped down. Fauci went to the National Security Council to a mid level person and got the thing temporarily lifted without no, notifying any senior you know. And Collins knew about this. This thing is going to be a scandal that people's heads are going to blow up. And I want to talk well, to you after. I mean, this is outrageous. Go ahead, ma'am. No, I was just going to say, you know, the assumption or the story is that it may have leaked from the Wuhan lab in China. It could have leaked from Montana. Very well could have. I mean, we got to get to the bottom of it. Since he's held this, he's held this up, he suppressed it. I want to make sure I'm going to have you back on because this one we got to drill down on. Pfizer, you've been on Pfizer since the documents came out. You put together a task force made up of Warren Posse members, but you're great, Amy Kelly, and the team you've got over Daily Cloud to organize this, plus the lawyers. You've been fighting this fight. Now, walk me through the latest financials of Pfizer. How's, how's this vaccine fiasco starting to manifest itself in their financial performance? Well, it's it's very satisfying, and it's really due to uh, the posse, and I would say due to you know you providing a platform for this um, unending story, which has now been nearly a two year long investigative uh, story, which the New York Times and the Washington Post did not bother to engage in, um, and also of course to the War Room Daily Cloud Pfizer documents analysts, these thirty two hundred and fifty doctors and scientists. So basically. There's no hiding it anymore. Um, there's no spin that can cover it up. Uh, Pfizer is tanking, and specifically, its COVID-oriented business lines are tanking. So Reuters reported on Tuesday uh, that Pfizer had its first quarterly loss since 2019. Notice the timeline. As demand fell for its COVID products, and it recorded a hefty charge, uh, mainly from the U.S. government returning millions of doses of its antiviral treatment, Paxlovid. Pardon me. The company recorded a $5.6 billion charge related to Paxlovid and the vaccine Comirnaty, which is the one that, you know, we here on War Room have disclosed, building on the research of other uh, uh, dissident scientists and doctors, that this is the 
contaminated bait and switch version with the adulterants, the uh, carcinogen, the um, fragments of, of DNA that was rolled out without disclosure to the FDA um, and actually rolled out around the world in the West, especially, and put in people's arms. People are hearing somehow, you know, from War Room through a bunch of other commentators um, and other sources that this is contaminated. They don't want it anymore. Um, and so they're, they're, the government returned it. Um, they're also uh, facing looming patent loss on many top selling drugs, but it's, it's really the sales of the COVID-19 pill and the vaccine it makes with German partner BioNTech SE, which had boosted Pfizer's revenue record levels in the last two years. Um, however, annual vaccination rates have dropped sharply. Demand for treatments has dipped. And Reuters says, as population level immunity has increased, which is nonsense. Paxlovid sales slumps 97% uh, in the third quarter, uh, and vaccine revenue came in at $1.31 billion, down from $4.4 billion a year earlier. So they're back to pre-bubble, pre-COVID, pre-2020 levels. Um, they're back to the, you know, not gigantic revenues that they boasted before they had this completely artificial bubble uh, in which they rolled out a dangerous, deadly sterilizing injection that was later found to be contaminated and contaminated with carcinogens. Um, and so people are saying no. I mean, that's the summary. And and it's, <laughs> it's I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh, but it's so satisfying. You no. know, you need, no, but you, you, you said it from day one. Giant conglomerate to its knees. Um, and as did all of you. How do people get to the Daily Clout? Because you've got this still going on. You've got so much other work going on. How do they get to Daily Clout? How do they sign up to be a volunteer? How do they find all your content, your new book, all of it? Thank you. So there's a new book out that tells the story of Steve Bannon and the Daily Clout volunteers and the work they did letting the world know that there was um, a deadly injection that they need to be wary of. And it's called uh, Facing the Beast, uh, Courage, Faith, and Resilience, Resistance in a New Dark Age. And you can pre-order it on Amazon. And it, this week is its official publication date. So please do go ahead and do that. Um, I'm so proud of the work that the posse did. I mean, this is really a story of the posse uh, intervening in saving humanity. There's no better way to put it. You can find me on Outspoken on Substack. You can mostly, uh, most of all, find the work we're doing on dailyclout.io. And please do continue to support us because we deliver. We've, we've, you, you and I have helped bring. Um, and, and, and 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 you've still got and you still have this massive fight against Pfizer and all all the vaccine, the pharmaceutical, big pharma. That's uh, right. Before I go, let's get the cover of the book up there. I thought you were going to pitch Naomi Klein's book. That is also, <laughs> by the way, is, Rita, is she like a stalker? I mean, it's kind of, it's this weird obsession. I don't want to get into the subtext of that obsession, <laughs> but it's quite strange. It's quite strange. It's quite strange. Poor Naomi Wolf. What did you do? I mean, it's like a stalker book. You know, I haven't read it. I'm not, you know, as I've said before, I'm not going to read it because we're busy saving lives. But uh, it is, you know, every time I, I see a review, which I can't avoid because they pass my, you know, email and information feed. I'm like, you know, I, I hope she moves on and gets something else to think no. about. In her life. No, no, she's, she's she's making an industry. She's on TV all the time. I guess I'm the great Satan and you're the little Satan or you're the little, I'm, you're the great Satan. I'm the, I haven't figured it out. I haven't figured out how we work together on this, but 
Naomi Wolf, great work. You can tell a woman by her enemies, uh, and we know Big Pharma, the New York Times, all of it. Uh, Naomi, thank you so much. Love you. Uh, keep keep hammering. Thank you, Steve. Look, you can see in this from Frank Gaffney talk about Islamic supremacism to what's going on in Ukraine, and this you know the analysis is being done by Ben Harnwell every day. Naomi. With all the chaos and this new story on um, on Fauci is going to be quite dark about how he knew that this was dangerous. The Obama National Security Council shut it down uh, and he went out of his way to get it here in the United States. Uh, you can tell. And one of the things we try to do is chronicle every day uh, the new dark age we live in. Why? Because it's our responsibility to set things right so we can bequeath this republic in the way it was handed to us to future generations, just like it, just like future past generations handed us to us. One way you've, uh, you've got to uh, understand what's going on is uh, the prime reserve currency in the U S dollars that that's why we've been working so close with birch gold to give you the multi-part series, the end of the dollar empire. Make sure you go to birch gold slash Bannon to get it. More importantly, in turbulent times, you owe it to yourself and your family. So talk to Philip Patrick and the team and find out why gold has been a hedge against turbulence for 5,000 years of man's history. Go check it out today, birchgold.com slash Bannon. We're going to be back here at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. See you then. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code warroom at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. Warroomhealth, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out.